Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and lived to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. Today, I am super excited because I get to have another conversation. This is the first time we have a repeat guest on Fried. So she was on the beginning of season one, and now she's coming back for season three because her business has evolved since we spoke. Some things have shifted and changed, and she has some information that I think will really help you along. I know that so many of my listeners are entrepreneurs because that's the people that I focus on most, and she happens to be in that same expertise. So I'm really excited to pick the brain of Sarah Dawn. Sarah guides entrepreneurs past burnout and overwhelm into scaling strategic, successful businesses that support a lifestyle they love. She helps her clients pulling from the tools and resources she developed over a decade as an attorney, as well as growing her own seven-figure business. Yes, I just said seven. Seven. I said seven. That was correct. She realizes that owning a business is unlike anything else you'll ever do. Sometimes it feels like your biggest cheerleaders in life are silent in the stands when it comes to your entrepreneurship. She's here to be that girl jumping, screaming, and cheering you beyond the finish line and to hold you accountable to keep exceeding your personal best, Sarah. Hi. I get to be the first second guest. The first second guest. The first repeat. I'm so excited. I had more fun. You know, you think of things over time since our first episode. And, you know, some things are fleeting memories. Some things stick. And our episode sticks. It was so great. And I I appreciate you and I'm honored for you having me back I'm again. I'm so excited to have you back because your business was already kind of focused on this, but you really seemed like after the episode, you really doubled down on the sustainable business 
portion of what you do. Yeah. And I feel like you inspired a lot of that in me and our talk even inspired a lot of that in me. And I was like, okay, this is, this is something I know. This is something I've been through. I can really help here. Yeah. And I watched your content shift a little bit over the past year and a half or so. And there's just been so many good things that have come up that I'm like, I want to hire her myself. Do it. (laughs) We, and here's the thing. We all need an us for us. Yes. Right. So even if I'm the biggest burnout pro, I need somebody guiding me. Of course. To not be a, to not burn out. Even if, yeah, yeah. We need, we need somebody to help us with those blind spots. This is actually an Instagram post that I was prepping yesterday and didn't get up yet, but just like, I was just going to take a, a very average selfie with no prep and no makeup and just be like, this is the face of a burnout coach who needs support still. Yeah. This is not about like dealing with burnout is not about getting to a place where you're doing yoga four hours a day and like chanting on a mountaintop all the time. Getting through burnout is getting to a place where you trust yourself enough to ask for the help that you need when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. None of us have arrived. Yeah. Um, And it's funny that you mention it that way because, you know, in some yoga or spiritual teachers that I've talked to or heard speak, there's a lot of that question about arriving and that, you know, that, that monk lifestyle or that, you know, yoga four times a day, chanting on a mountain. And they, they say, those are the people that most have to have a team of people taking care of them. Because even if you look at them and think that they've arrived, they don't even know to eat throughout the day. Yeah. They need to be reminded. They still need people taking care of them. And so this is a really important part of building a business that I really want to talk about is allowing yourself to get the support in various ways. So one of the things that's massively important, we both know, is like hiring the right VA. You know, you need to have somebody that's helping you on your background stuff because you cannot be fighting with Instagram image sizes while you're trying to write out a a golden piece of content. It's just not like... Ain't nobody got time for that, especially when you're at a certain point in your business. In the beginning, yes, you do it all yourself. You're getting where you need to go. It's fine. But I find people are hesitating sometimes to think that they need that personal support. Right. What's your... Because it's like part of the entrepreneurial condition, right? Like if you were to like... (laughs) psychologically, it's part of our condition that we got this, that we're the solution giver. It's like getting entrepreneurship as a diagnosis. It is. We need to, who do I talk to about getting put that put in the DSM? Because it's, it's definitely one of the elements of the condition is I got this. I'm in charge here. Um, I, I don't love this nomenclature because there's somebody else in my life that would say it all the time, but it's names on the door. My name's on the door. Who, who am I going to bring in to help me? Right. I'm in charge here. Yeah. And so when somebody finally thinks or decides like, okay, I'm going to call Sarah now, what do you think their mindset is? 
there I, I can I know exactly what their mindset is because they tell me it's I hate the business that I loved. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. It's I have done all these things. I've reached all the goals. Mm-hmm. I look at my journal a year ago. I've done all these things. I'm maxed out on time. I'm maxed out on energy. Definitely not maxed out on cash, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as far as what yeah. can come in. Yeah. And something's got to give. And now I've taken this passion, this thing that I've held so dear and I'm mad at it. I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. And some people come to me wanting me to help them quit, (laughs) you know, and I'm not going to act for one second. Like I don't experience that. Yeah. You know, for sure. Same thing of we need an us for us. I know that feeling to my core. Yeah. I definitely wanted to quit. I I did quit actually. Yeah. I did quit. So for you, when you hear somebody come in and say those things, when is, how do you make an assessment about when is the right time to quit and when is the right time to upgrade? (laughs) Uh, yeah, because we do that each time. Right. Um, we we get we clear some space first. Mm, life pruning. Number one thing is we're clearing some space. Nothing is sacred. Nothing can't go. Nothing is permanent. You don't have a single factor in your business that has to stay. Everything's eligible to be on the chopping block. And then we just go through it. How does this feel when you complete this thing? What does this do to make money in your business? You would be amazed how many people, how many businesses have these systems and processes that serve no purpose. No purpose. Okay, so let's let's get into this for a second because my interpretation of this, most of the time, there's there's two reasons why this happens. The first reason is because you needed it at some point and then you just never got rid of it. Like it was yep. necessary at some point, you just didn't get rid of it. And now it's just like an, an extra step in the process that no longer exists. The other reason. I know you're going to get it right. <laughs> the other reason that this exists is because we think that if we're working harder, it's more valuable. So we make things more complicated than they need to be in order to prove to ourselves, our employees, the people around us that we're still working hard and that this this thing that we created still costs us. Like we want to prove that we're working. Those hard. are all like those. Those are belief systems are back here. Yeah, they're, they're they're in the back of your mind, but you can pull them up pretty quickly yeah. because it's the okay. But what are you doing this for? Yes. But what are you doing this? This is for? what a coach is for to me. Sit down and ask me these questions. I just I'm doing the Build Better Boundaries course live right now. By the time this episode comes out, it will be uh, we'll probably be into the next one. However, the beginning of it is let's find all your energy leaks right? So we go through physical energy leaks, mental energy leaks, emotional energy leaks. And this week is physical energy leaks. And of course, when I go through the course with my students, I do the course myself. 
mm-hmm. because I'm asking them to do something. So naturally you just start paying attention to it. it. It's just a natural side effect of, of what you're doing, which is one of the reasons I love to teach this course because I need these reminders. You're like, day. hold on, I could use this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really good class. <laughs> Somebody should teach this. Somebody should teach this stuff. This is amazing. So in the, in the physical energy portion, I write about like things in your house, like your knife not being sharp enough, your egg sticking to your pan, like the 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 bullshit that you don't upgrade, that you should upgrade, mm-hmm. to make it better so that you're not wasting the energy. And then I realized I I made a video of this on Instagram last night actually. When I walk into my office, my acupuncture office, so I do that twice a week, right? So twice a week I walk into my office and I have this like very high class infrared filled with jade and amethyst, flat stones, you know, heat, heating, whatever that I use on the table to make the treatment stronger. It's, it's an easy thing for me to do. Everybody loves laying on it. It's like win, win, win. But the remote for it is attached by plug. Like you can, it's not like a wireless sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was on the far side of the bed by the wall And I work in New York City, so the rooms are not big. So getting to the far side of the bed, exactly. It's like wiggling. You have to wiggle yourself around to get to the far side. And I've been doing it for like the past four months. Right. Since we reopened after COVID. Why on earth am I making this harder on myself? The cord is long enough to be on the side of the bed that makes it easy. Like, why am I doing this to myself? And it's because you've always, the, this is how it's done. This is how it's always been done syndrome. That's also in the DSM. Yeah, that is definitely should be in the DSM. So how do you, how, what's your process for helping people through that? Like, so if there was somebody listening right now and they could pretend to use this as a coaching session. Sure, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go through, just kind of spend a day. I, I know it's, I know it's hard even to do it for a whole day, but go through and just journal your day and kind of give yourself arbitrary. Don't overthink it. Answer in two seconds, a one to 10. How do I feel after doing this thing? And one being and 10 being, you know, 10 being great worked out fine or, you know, wrapped it up. No big deal. One being it drained a lot of energy out of me. So it's more of a, like, how much energy did this take from me? Yeah. What was the cost? Yeah. What, what, what was the cost? And the things that score low, now you need to go in and do the hard work Mm -hmm. and say, what does, what purpose does this serve in my business? Is this something that served its season and I just don't need it anymore? And I've been thinking of this one, like, if you don't cook, this is going to like sound ridiculous, but if you do, you're going to hundred percent understand it. I've been thinking of it as a recipe thing. Your next level business, your scaled up business does not need all of the same ingredients that your entry level business needed. It needs the finished product, you know? So if I'm cooking something that calls for bread and I'm going to make everything from scratch, you know, or even say I'm making a sandwich. That's easy. Everybody makes sandwiches. <laughs> to make a turkey sandwich, I'm not going to get flour and eggs and sugar and milk. 
and put that in with bread and turkey. Like the bread's already made. It's yes. already there. So I don't need all of those original gr- ingredients still. By letting go of things, and here's the biggest, the, the most common word I hear is waste. By letting go of things, people are worried that they've wasted what they've already put into it. And we've got to shift that mindset on waste. And instead of saying, well, I don't want to waste milk, bread, or, you know, milk, eggs, flour, you're not wasting it. You already used it. You created the bread. Bread's there. You're for, you've already used those ingredients to create your business what it is now. You're not wasting it by letting it go. It served its purpose. That can go, and now you can use your final product, that ingredient, to create the next level, to create the next thing. Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Yeah. And so uh, when we're diving into that list things, what has already served its purpose? What do you no longer need those individual ingredients? You can let those go. Thank you. We're done. And now I'm creating more. Creating better. I'm going to pause you for a second because I want to talk about waste. Yeah. This is such a big one, isn't it? It's such a big one. And this is something that both of us have grappled with. And I know that both of us have grappled with this because we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. For me, when I was so burnt out that I wanted to quit everything, one of my biggest fears was wasting my degree and my title. Yep. Right? But those credentials. (laughs) Yes. And that money... That degree cost me $100,000. All the money, all the time. Right? So can we talk about that kind of waste? The waste that is costly? It's not It's not really, I, I get a now today, I'm still using my acupuncture degree, right? I'm still doing acupuncture, which I didn't realize at the time that I was going to be able to continue. Because I was mm-hmm. so far down the path of burnout that I thought, I can't do acupuncture. I've got to switch my, my job, you know, 180%, like 180 degrees. Right. Like I have this conversation with clients all the time. Like you might end up doing your same job, but doing it differently. You might change your job. It doesn't matter. You might, you might build a new business. You might upgrade the business you're in. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Right. 
Th- that's not the important bit. What, but there is a fear of wasted time and energy and effort. So you have a law degree. Yeah, I have a law degree. And I have had people that I love and respect so much say, but if you're not practicing law, you're okay with wasting all of that time and money and energy that you spent going to law school. And sometimes if I'm feeling sassy, I just say yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I really felt like I had to prove that I was still using it at some point. Literally lied about the level, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> okay, so I do legitimately use it to an extent. I have I have curated that into a level of work that I'm comfortable with, that I love. It's it's not something I market because I have my client base. I don't need anymore. So it's like I do still use it, but the the passion and effort that I put into guiding business owners, you know, when that's what people see, it's, aren't you worried about wasting that? Or, or are you okay with wasting it? And that's the one where sassy me is like, yep, (laughs) but that's not what, that's not what I'm doing. That's me having an attitude, but um, the only, I, I believe this to be an absolute truth everything we've experienced in our life, everything we've done, everything we've invested time, money, energy into put us where we are right now. It gave us wisdom. It gave us understanding. It may have given us wisdom about what we never want to see or touch again, but it gave us what all of the toolbox that we have sitting right here. It gave us every part of our personality. Everything we have is due to what we chose to experience and experience take time, energy, and money. The only thing wasted is what we can do going forward. The only waste is consciously choosing to continue to do something that does not serve us. Mm. That's wasted. Yeah, say that again. The only waste is consciously choosing to do something going forward that doesn't serve us. Or our business. Or our business. Or our well-being. Okay, examples. This I'm going to give an example, and then I want you to give an example too. Example. Okay. For the past year or so, I've been posting on Instagram five times a week. I have a schedule. I have a thing. I have a thing that I do. And I'm, you know, as I was prepping to start season three, I thought, oh, I don't want to do it like that anymore. The old me, the burnt out me, and the pre-burnout me would have said, that's what people expect. That's what you have to continue. That's what you have to do. You've got to keep your grid. You've got to do the blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And today I think, "Hmm, well, I'll play with it for a few weeks and see what I like first. I don't have a plan. I don't even care. Yeah. Don't need to do it the same way that I did it for the past year or two. And those are the things we need to look at. Because we have these, and routines are awesome. Routines, let the simple things be simple so that your brain bandwidth can go towards creating and innovating. I'm not against routines, but we need to look at those routines monthly, quarterly, yearly, and say, is this still serving the purpose that I first- intended for. Yeah, that this was intended for. Or is it now just a thing we do? Yeah. Can you give us an example? 
Okay, so I love this one. This is really fun. In my law firm business, one of the ways we grew it was by throwing these huge happy hours. We paid the bill and we literally went to the point of like showing up where we knew certain who's who of the town had their coffee and personally it said, hey, I don't know you. Would you like to come to our happy hour? The intention being that we wanted to create a setting, a regular setting where if anyone else in the town wanted to do business with someone else, they knew they could meet them there. And they knew that we created that setting for them. It was very, very expensive. It was very fun. And people would reach out to us. You know, we'd do it about quarterly and people would reach out as it was getting close to the quarter and be like, hey, when's the next happy hour? It was great fun. And it served an amazing purpose. It skyrocketed our business when we were in a location in a time that the newbie shouldn't have been that successful. But over time... We already knew all those people. We were now having regular lunches with those people that we were just hoping to get to a happy hour. And over time, it started getting where just like these randos that never, that weren't actually doing any business just came to drink Johnny Walker on our tab. And, (laughs) but for a few quarters, which total tab, you know, in the whole marketing budget, that was huge for a few quarters, when we're like, gosh, this isn't serving that same purpose anymore. We had that kind of story of, but we have to have the happy hour. We can't not have the happy hour. People are relying on the happy hour. Yeah. That's what we've been relying on. We have to have the happy hour and see so-and-so just called asking about when the next one is. And then we sat down with ourselves, you know, my partner and I, and, and other leaders in our organization, we're like, Yeah, but what would happen if we just said, we're not doing that anymore? Like that person that just called to ask about it wouldn't like flip us the bird and say, I'm never talking to you again. And so that was, that was a really fun business waste thing that no, the previous ones we did, we could count up the tab and I don't even want to imagine how much the total over all, you know, the years that we did those were. That money wasn't a waste. The time and energy we put into putting on these big things weren't a waste. They served their purpose. They were amazing. But if we were to choose to keep doing that going forward, that would have been very wasteful. And cost you time and money and energy that the, the payout just isn't there anymore. And it's not, I don't yeah. mean payout just financially, just overall. Overall, overall, we would have been going to it. We would have been mad at the people who weren't there for the whole benefit system we yeah. had created. You're not playing by the rules, my rules. <laughs> yeah, my rules that I made up that I didn't tell them about. So now we're into <laughs> resentment, you know, my favorite topic. Now we're into resentment. <laughs> Hey, Fred fans, if you've gotten to the point in your business where you're feeling resentful and you're not sure exactly how to get your way through it, 
I have a solution for you and it's only $27. So what I want you to do right now or as soon as this podcast episode ends is head to my website, go to katedonovan.com backslash resentment dash journal and get yourself the resentment journal mini course that will literally save your life, save your business and probably save the sanity of your employees if you've got them. Have fun! And then here's what happens with that kind of waste. You do that and not, you haven't just lost, say the happy hours, two hours or three or five, but (laughs) we haven't just lost those two hours. We've lost the time and effort we spent creating it. And then we've lost future time too, because now we're drained. Yeah. Now we just did this thing that wasn't aligning for us that we didn't enjoy. And now I've actually got post happy hour time or whatever the thing is that needs to go, whatever the spaces that needs to be created time after that energy, after that ends up lost because you're drained we didn't show up the next morning and start creating and innovating the next new thing once we didn't like this thing anymore. And that goes to, I mean, I use the happy hour story, but that goes to social media behaviors, you know, like you're talking about having the social media schedule that doesn't feel aligning. It has to having people on your team that either their role altogether or the person filling that role does not feel aligning you lose so much more. That's where true waste comes in. Holding on to things that aren't aligning, holding on to things that aren't working for you in your business, you lose so much more than just the energy of that thing. There's like this, this reverberation of energy around it that you don't have anything left to now create and innovate. That's what waste is. Nothing you did in the past. So I just had a a conversation with a client and she was saying that one of her top people, she had been sort of looking to replace for quite some time. And then something happened. She had to let her go immediately. So there was just sort of a shift in, in um, the behavior and, and it needed to be addressed and it had to be like an immediate termination. And the reason that she hadn't moved forward with getting rid of this person months ago was because of distraction basically and worrying about taking over the mm, taking over the work of that person when they're gone in between until finding a new person and sort of that sort of overlap and that fear wasted a ton of energy over months and months and months because the interaction also wasn't great. So you're losing energy on the interaction. You're losing energy on the, and then every time that person does something wrong, you take it as a personal slight. Yeah. That is the same. Every business owner with a team goes through that when it's time to let somebody go. And I know that when they say hire slow and fire fast, it's easy to roll off the tongue It's really hard to walk in and let somebody go just because you know it's time. And, you know, I know there's also, you know, HR and legal issues depending on your state and all of that. 
But when, you know, all of those things aside, get the advice you need to get. But when it's time, you know, it's time. I feel like never in the history of history of business, (laughs) never in the history of teams, has somebody started going down that road and it just magically worked itself out. That it was ignored and then things just ironed out. Festered. It turns into a festering boil instead. Yeah, it just doesn't, you either do some really intentional, active work, usually involving a professional to get the team back on the same page and get everybody working together, or you just need to go ahead and cut it off. Yeah. Because otherwise that situation that you described, that can be copy and pasted into every organization I have ever seen. Yeah. And the thing that's really difficult about that from another perspective is that you never know whether or not your firing of this person in their life is good or bad. Like we assume that firing somebody is always bad because it's a negative experience. It's not a pleasant experience. Uh, yeah. The, the moment of the experience is never pleasant. Right. Yeah. It's not a pleasant experience. So we can all agree on that. But you don't know if there's some opportunity that's been floating around in their orbit for a while that just hasn't landed because they've been too busy on doing shit for you that they don't enjoy and are doing poorly. Yeah, I was going to say clearly because they're doing it poorly. Right? Yeah. So I think waste, I, we totally went off topic, but I think this this idea of getting comfortable with using things for their allotted purpose and allowing yourself to be honest about when something has served its purpose. Yeah. Is also like a certain level of emotional intelligence that you don't get by just going to school and getting a degree and starting life. For sure. For sure. And that um, working that emotional intelligence muscle in that way helps it expand to the other places that you need it to. So I don't think we got off topic. I think we found our perfect topic. (laughs) I think it's really important because this comes up so often, especially for people that have professional degrees, lawyers, doctors, nurses, you know, like that people are like, yeah, but I did accountants. I had an accountant recently be like, yeah, but I, I am a CPA. Like that's what I am. And I was like, do you want to be though? But you want to teach yoga. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? You could teach yoga and assist other yoga teachers with their taxes because Lord knows they need they the need help. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But you can't work for somebody. Like one of the things that is wasteful in, in my life is that I'm not really great at being an employee. So I don't do well in situations where I'm a good employee for other people to serve that purpose, but it gets old for me quickly. You know, I don't like being in other people's space. I like to create the space. I like to have control over the energy in the space. I like to be, you know, I'm an entrepreneur to the very depths of my dark, dark soul. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) She hits all the DSM checkboxes for an entrepreneur. Yes, I hit all the checkboxes. And so I know that about myself and I 
I know that I am out of alignment when I start considering things like that. When I see something pop up and I'm like, oh, that would make things easier. Maybe I'll just go get that job. Yeah. Maybe that would be easier than this entrepreneur life. Maybe that would be more stable. I know that I'm out of alignment when I'm looking to things that I know create waste. So for all of those entrepreneurs that are listening, let's call ourselves out on that. Because that's our that's all of our deep dark secret is that we daydream about going and getting a job. And then we're like, <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. That's that's the that's the entrepreneur's deep dark secret. So let's normalize that. Yeah. That's okay to have those dark thoughts. And that's also our clue of something's out of alignment yes. and it's not the fact that I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Because that creation, that innovation, I agree. I'm you know, yes, I can serve an organization yeah. for sure. Yeah. But if I were to show up nine to five at an organization, I would try to be creating and innovating things that they did not want. (laughs) Yes, me too. I go in being like, let's fix it. And they're like, we're cool. Nothing's broken. You're like, actually, nothing is. (laughs) Actually, if you really look under the surface, there's some cracks over here. Yeah. But I see cracks in places like that. That's why I'm good at my job. Yeah. What makes me a good acupuncturist is what makes me a good coach. When I drive down the street and I see a building that's abandoned and sort of falling apart, I dream about having the money to just be able to fix it. Not because I want to do anything with the building, but because I like to improve things. I like to go in and say, how could this be better? I like that. It turns me on. It's my thing. And most traditional organizations, that's not really. No. And like I said, like I I serve organizations that I can I can stay in my lane. Yes, me too. <laughs> because yeah, because when I'm I hired as it. outside help. Yeah. If yeah. I was forced to be somewhere nine to five, I would have a very hard. Time. I would drive them nuts. Mm-hmm. They would hate me. And that's where, okay, so talking about that, if I can do a little shift, that's another thing that I just thought of is when entrepreneurs, when business owners are hiring their team, something I hear a lot when they're overwhelmed, you know, that overwhelmed, I'm burned out, I can't do one more thing. Something I hear them say a lot is I need to clone myself. Yes. No, you don't. You need to stop doing the things that are not in your zone of genius and let other people pick up the tasks that don't actually belong to you, sister. If you clone yourself, you're going to be bringing in to your team an entrepreneurial type person that will drive you nuts because that's not their fit. Yeah. And then those things that don't work for you are not going to be in their zone of genius either. Exactly. So that's, that's a little... Off but on. That's super on, I think, because this is something that has definitely crossed my mind before. Like, I just want somebody who has the same brain as me so that I don't have to wonder if they're doing their job well. Because I know that every job I do, I do well because I'm a perfectionist. 
And although I've worked with that over the years and I've let go of a lot of those tendencies in places where I don't think it matters, there are places where I do think it matters. When it comes to client calls, I meditate before I get on the phone with you because I know that I need to be clear and ready for you. And that's important to me. So that has to be in my schedule. There has to be time for that. When you book a call on my schedule, it automatically not for podcasts because I was late today, <laughs> but for client calls, it automatically books out the 15 minutes before the call. So you, you can can't that. see that on your calendar, but I know it's there. Yeah. I'm never going to be scheduled during that time because I block that out on purpose for, for, for my benefit and for your benefit. But what I, what I need in my business really is the, the worker bee. I need the worker bee who likes to do the tedious tasks, mm-hmm. and doesn't mind the tech, and all, that's that's the person that I really need. Yeah, and that's what like I have the always thinking of something new, creative brain. I'm not the most punctual person in the world. I am not the most organized person in the world. So I need somebody with some attention to detail. Yeah. I don't need another me, but I think that's where, when people get overwhelmed and they feel so spread that business owner says, and that's, that's who they start interviewing. Yeah. They start interviewing a clone for themselves and that doesn't usually work out well because that isn't what you need. You need to figure out, you know, on your list of things that you've rated one to 10, what needs to go? What do you need to clear space for? What are their amazing automation tools for? When I went into business 10 years ago, we didn't have apps and free program. Like you had to be an expert in any kind of computer program that could help you in your business. We did not have online scheduling. I'll tell you that much. We did not have online scheduling. And now there's very user-friendly automation tools. Probably the most often I hear resistance to automation tools, besides people that are like, I'm not techie, you don't even have to be anymore, is I want that personal touch in my business. No. Stop it. If, if, stop it, <laughs> stop it. Just no. <laughs> if it can be automated, automate it and put the personal touch in what you create and innovate for the total experience of your customer. Yeah. If you create hot sauce. Your client does not give a shit if you personally screwed the lid on the bottle of hot sauce. That's dumb. Stop it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not trying to be mean if you're the hot sauce lid screwer, but but those are the type of things. If there's an automation tool, automate it, delegate, get a team, get people to do things that do need to stay in your business, but still rate a one on your scale. If it still drains your energy, but it's really, it really is an integral part of the business. That's what you delegate to someone else that this will be their zone of genius. Yes. And from there, you have all this breathing room now. Yeah. And so from there, the entrepreneur that needs to make more money and they were burnt out all of a sudden, now we have all this breathing space of, oh, I can actually grow this business. I can actually scale this to a new level for these little, I say simple. They're they're simple as in they're little tweaks. Yeah, but they make a big difference overall. And it's like, oh, now me, the solopreneur that 
you know, had an eye twitch and insomnia can start thinking creatively again. I can start innovating again. I love that. That's the thing. That's it. I just it? gave it all away. <laughs> gave it all away. I think I feel like that's another thing that's been um, interesting for me lately. I am so interested in giving it all away lately. Not because I don't want to get paid for my work. I love when I get paid for my work. It's so fun for yeah. me. But because I think that giving it all away is helpful. Because it doesn't live stuck in my body saying, oh, no, no, keep this bit. This was a waste. This was a wasteful thing for me. Like, no, hold yeah. this part back so that you can give that only to your paying customers. My paying customers get me, not the yeah. words. You can get the words anywhere. Listen to every episode of Fried. Yeah, we've covered yeah. it all. It's it's there. Yeah, I can give all of this away, and it can be so valuable, and it can help somebody do what they need to do in their business, and the personal touch I give when it's my eyes on those systems and processes in your business, when it's my experience and expertise looking at something and saying, yeah, but what if you did this? Mm -hmm. That's what I get paid for. And that's worth every penny that my clients pay me. And I haven't had to hold anything back for the person that for whatever reason, it's not aligning for them to pay me that they, I don't have to keep my value in a secret pocket. Yes. And I sort of felt like I was for a little while. And I, I realized a couple months ago that I just holding back on things is just, I can't do it anymore. So I, when it I feels have, weird to me, it, does, it feels weird to me too. Like I had a, a free call recently. And one of the things I said was I very rarely do meditation sitting like you're allowed to lay down. The amount of relief I saw on the other side of the screen, she was like, thank you so much for that very practical advice. I've been avoiding meditating for years. Now I feel like I can do it because I said she could lay down. Yeah. She doesn't have to pay you for that. That's okay. okay. And I've said it on the podcast probably 18 times, but still that's fine too. Like sometimes you, sometimes all you need is a little bit of permission, but this is the kind of stuff that you get working with a coach. You get permission, you get an extra set of eyes on your stuff. You get a different perspective. I kind of, you know, coaches are only technically, if we get real specific about what coaches do, (laughs) coaches are only supposed to ask questions and never supposed to give advice. That's part of the, yeah, I'm not a coach then. (laughs) Yeah, me either. Not really, but there's no better word right now Mm -hmm. for what we're doing in business wise. Like it's just, it's, it's. I get a lot of the, well, and my business name is consulting. Yeah. And so I get a lot of, well, what you do, is it coaching or consulting? And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I help people. Yeah. I don't, you can call it whatever you want. You can come up with a new word. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care either, but I feel like I use the word coach just so that people understand that there is an involvement in the process. Yes. You know, like you consulting. Yeah, I'm not bringing you solutions. You've got right. to be, and that's what a consultant does. Yeah, right. And that's what a consultant does, right? They come in, they take notes, they make a plan, they give it back to you. Whether or not you implement it, like that's your deal. Yeah. Right. Here's my consulting. Yeah. Exactly. Here's my consulting fee. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's. Um, I don't know why that was important right now, but 
that's where we are. That's where we are. I think that we are slowly wrapping up because we had a funny start this morning, but I really, really wanted this episode because, and I said this in the beginning, but I want to repeat myself for all the entrepreneurs out there that Sarah and I are both talking to on a regular basis about creating sustainable businesses, creating businesses that you don't hate, creating businesses that support you more than you support them. You know, like there's they're yes. supposed to be a, a mutual beneficial experience of, of owning a business. It's not just supposed to take everything from you. It's supposed to right. give you something back. And so I wanted this conversation, especially with Sarah, because her content is so on point when it comes to this stuff. I read it for myself, for my own benefit, uh, as, as often as it's posted. I was going to say every single day, but I don't even know if you post every day. I, I read it as often as, I, as often as I see it. I make a point to stop and look at her information because it's so helpful to me. And I think that the idea of knowing that we all need to lean on somebody, no matter how much expertise we get, we gain, we create, we whatever is really important. So I'm really glad that we have this conversation. And I always ask at the end of an episode, is there something, if you had to wrap it up and give a little gift to the entrepreneurs in the group today? Yeah, I would just say you don't, you don't have any dues to pay. Mm. If you think there's some cosmic dues that you owe in order to be successful, that's BS. And you can let go of that story. I'm giving permission right now to let go of that story. You can build a business that you love. You can build it from your passion and you can still love it. It's not going to be rainbows and unicorns all the time. Being in alignment and having balance and not burning out doesn't mean you're walking on cloud nine every minute. But it does mean you can allow yourself to enjoy it and you can allow yourself to let go of the things that are consistently creating problems for you, consistently creating a lower quality of life for you. And letting go of those things does not mean you're letting go of success. You can have both. It's a thing. And you are most definitely the proof, my friend. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast with Sarah Dawn. You will find all of her information in the show notes because you know I like extra long show notes with all of the deets. You'll be able to find her on Instagram at Sarah Dawn Biz, correct? Yes. And all other good things will be in there too. So thanks for being with us this week and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan